Hi and welcome. My name's Brendan Kelly and I'm joined in the studio today by Perry Martin. Welcome, Perry. Welcome, Brendan. And I'm also joined today by a special guest, Christy Melling. Welcome, Christy. Hello. <laughs> now, we are having a ball in this studio already. Why? Because we have two old farts and a young spring chicken and it is just great to have a generational difference in the way business is thought of. Now, if I look at my history, my larger history, long time history, I've come from a background of teaching in a, in a, uh, a bureaucratic uh, uh, government run organisation, then got into large corporates where, where there was mainstream manufacturing and all the marketing that goes with that. If we flip over to Perry very briefly, Perry, tell me about your broad marketing business history. Direct marketing. I uh, was fortunate enough to coach some of the best marketers in Australia and overseas. They were my clients. And so I learned a lot from them, but it was all about direct marketing. And if you remember those that were old enough, you'd receive the letters in the mail and it was this really well written letter about how this thing could do this for you. That's direct marketing. We took that online. We'd have the big long landing pages and, and um, you know, uh, written about how this thing's going to save you or help you or give you that and we'd get their email addresses and then we'd build an ongoing relationship with them. Via um, email. Via email. But this is, this is what this portal video cast is about, depending on how you consume Correct. it. So, yeah. and, and, now, and now we've gone into the next generation of communication and accessing clients, which is Christy, how do you do your marketing? Uh, hi guys. Um, so very similar to you guys. I actually have had a bit of a direct marketing background. I've run my own business since I was 19. Uh, and we did start out with the direct marketing, long sales letters, all these kinds of things. And what that's actually moved across into now is um, similar, but a much more conversational marketing. So right now what I'm using a lot of is uh, Facebook messenger marketing. So one-to-one -one conversations, uh, we're using a lot more um, SMS and yeah, this kind of really cool, like talking to your audience and getting feedback from them directly rather than um, this kind of, here's the sales letter, read the sales letter, buy the thing. So it's, it's yeah. really interesting. My, my, my current favorite thing to do is to build Facebook messenger bots and have conversations with people that way. So we are seeing a generational change in the way we communicate to our clients. Broadly speaking, we started with a very formal approach. It was a written letter written formally from a perspective of wanting to come across as professional. And what you've seen over decades and, and changes in the way businesses communicate with their clients is it's now becoming far more conversational, far more human and far more interactive and relational. And so if you're coming from a business with an old world perspective of formal and professional, perhaps a different thinking might open more markets for you. Um, so Perry, if you could highlight the nature of the problem and then um, I'll get Christy to then continue with where she's come from seeing the problem and what might be the path for people to consider into the future before we close this down and then go into more detail in the next webinar. Perry, tell us a little bit about, more about what you've seen, which is the nature of the problem that we're facing right now. Yeah, there's a few things. The first one is email open rates are really down. Um, that's because of the way that uh, servers working, Google's working, um, uh, Hotmail are working. You, you can send emails to people that want to hear from you and they just aren't going to hear from you because of what those intermediary parties do. Uh, and that takes me to the second problem. 
we have intermediaries that now control our marketing channels. So as an example, they crunch Facebook. You, they, they say, we're going to set this up for you as business people. You put a lot of effort and energy into that. And then one day you wake up and Facebook's changed the rules and all that money and time you've invested into something just becomes a waste of time. Um, and then thirdly, which you talked to before, uh, a lot of us of our age are using, um, uh, attempting to use marketing approaches that we've been trained in and they're just from the past. They're old and they're not working because people are savvy. People are sick of marketing. Marketers ruin everything, which I've talked to Christy about. And, and, and so <laughs> Christy, uh, yeah, Christy's the young, she's young. She's, uh, cutting edge as you've quite rightly pointed out so she knows things that i don't know that you don't know and many listeners don't know so the pressure's all on you christy solve our problem <laughs> well now personally perry personally have you changed your approach in your emails i know i have if i see anything that's remotely marketing or not spam even because i've already enrolled in or i've already subscribed to it but my world is so full with activity for running business that, and, and doing what I'm doing. I don't have the latitude to look at an email then and there. There are the, the way the business is operated, the way I see many businesses being operated. I see the objectives that people are looking to achieve. There's just no latitude to look at all the emails that come this way. So I've, I've got a file that I just simply put all the to look at later emails into knowing full well I'll never get there. It's just never going to happen. So oh, well, only, I, I know I'm the same. same. Not only is there the marketing influence from the intermediaries that say, now I'm going to charge you or now I'm going to make it harder or now I think this is spam, so I'm going to block you or I'm going to blacklist you or I'm going to, you know, you, you therefore can't use or access the client that you once had and you had to pay so much for or, or work so hard to get. I've noticed that myself in my own behavioral traits about managing emails. So, Given that we are stepping away from emails, I've had a lot of conversations here, say, about Facebook, but even, as you say, the, the nature of Facebook is changing. Christy, what have you seen recently in changes in marketing and, and where you think the, the trends might be heading? Um, okay, so I think it's really easy for people to come, across, come along and go, you know, particularly let's, like, forgetting all the other platforms, Let's take Facebook, for example. Um, people are really, really quick to blame Zucks for changing the <laughs> algo, like changing the algorithm on them. And like suddenly they're like, what do you mean I have to pay to get in front of people? Um, the very word suck, Zucks just, just freaks me out. Zucks. You're talking humanly about a CEO that's been uh, uh, put out there as, a, as near godlike and you've got him Zucks. It's just... <laughs> Zuck's house, Zuck's rules, mate. That's the basic <laughs> yeah, that's problem. right. But it's but it's it is kind of interesting to me that um, people are are kind of you know complaining about this amazing free platform where you can get in front of people as long as what you do is play by the rules. Um, they're not super secretive about how the rules work, um, and they're not super secretive about what actually works um, with getting in front of your audience. Um, it's, and it's all about listening to the undercurrent of what they say when they talk, when, so when Zuckerberg comes out and does his, you know, yearly kind of, you know, this is what we're kind of doing with Facebook, um, talks, you listen to the undercurrent of what he's saying. So if he's saying, we want Facebook to be a place where people connect as a community 
and we want be, it to be a place where you're hanging out with your family and your friends who are overseas. As a business owner, you need to go, I'm a curator of a community. Like I am a community person. My business is part of a community. How can I take the conversations I'm having with my community and bring those onto Facebook? rather than just thinking about it as a like a direct sales platform like it's not a direct sales platform it's a communication platform it's becoming a utility it's the utility that i have in my pocket i don't talk to i don't use email at all i have 40,000 unread emails in my inbox so i'm not even like if i open my mail app right now you would guys you'd be like like inbox zero is not a thing for me so it's this case of um using the, the platform in the way that the people are telling you the platform needs to be used. And it's about being, um, you know, it's, it is, it's about looking towards this uh, conversation rather than constantly going by my stuff, by my stuff, by my stuff, by my stuff, because people get sick of it. But doesn't that elongate the message to making money or how do you make money out of it? I mean, if I'm just talking to people and we're just sharing conversations about life, the universe and everything, how do, how does I, how do I monetize that? Because running a business, if we're going to use Facebook as a channel, how, we've got to know how to convert. Absolutely. And I think the thing about it is, is you have to look at it as a far more long tail kind of conversation. So if what I'm doing is I'm getting to know you, Brendan, and I like, know and trust you, the day that you come out and you say to me, hey, buy my thing, whatever it is, a book, a, a, a course, a, a something, and I've listened to what you've said, I've believed it, I've tried it, I've had a conversation with you about it on Facebook Live, I've watched your videos, I've done all these things, and you say, buy my $10,000 program, the chances are I'll go, you know what, he's given me $10,000 worth of value already, I'm going to feel like I owe him something. So here's my money, take my money, you know, and it's, it's not, it's a, it's a far longer, less um, A to B kind of conversation now where you can't just be like, buy my, again, you can't just be like, buy my thing because. So, my it's, so it's a process of, of proof, social proof and nurturing. Basically. Yeah. yeah. And Christy and, and Brendan, the, the, this conversation lead, leads me to a couple of, of, of things, what you've just said. The because of the what's happening in the internet for young people, it's just changed, Brendan. Like I've even talked to my sons about this very thing with say Tinder or with their whole dating thing, right? And this this applies to what Christy's just said. We, in a conversation I was having with her boys, I was just thinking the other day, you know, when I was dating, you know, I've been happily married for twenty five years. My wife's unhappily married for twenty five years, but. Um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> when I, when I was, uh, dating, um, I, I'd go on that date and I would know nothing about that person apart from my mate said, oh, she's really nice or she's got a good sense of humor. Or if I, if I wasn't sort of mate, I wouldn't know nothing about her. And so I'd go and I'd have that, um, experience right there. And then with that person, I have to find out about them in the date. In talking to my sons, before they go on dates, before they ask anything, anybody out, they know everything about that person because they can find out their Spotify playlists. They can find out what they watch on you. It's just incredible what they can find out about potential partners 
just by going online. And this comes back to what Christy was saying. So they spend a lot of time talking, chatting, connecting, checking people out online, and that helps them make a decision about who they're actually going to date. Now, another aspect of this, which just comes back to what Christy was saying, I was watching my own behaviour in relationship to um, a person I started following, like, I, I, I found this teacher online and a lot of teachers I'm like, oh, but this teacher, I'm like, wow, oh, I can't believe what they're teaching. Wow, that's just incredible. And so I watched video after video after video after video. Now, this is what got set up for me. And this has gone on now for like three weeks. So I'm just totally into this person. They have, they have not approached me commercially at all. But what I observed yesterday is I'm going, geez, look, has this guy got a course? Right. And I found that really fascinating because I fell in love with this teacher. And then the desire for me for, came up from within me to buy the course. Now, if you think about what we've done for years, Brendan, we've said, buy the course, buy this, buy that. That's what we've traditionally done. And that's and relying on, on social proof and other people's other people's Co words to justify our position rather than allowing the client to experience the the, the knowledge, the growth themselves prior to starting. Correct, we've which is what Christy's talking about. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, we've, we've traditionally held tight the content and the IP rather than giving it away as a form of uh, lead into greater depth of yeah. opportunity of learning. And what yeah. your experience pairing right what you're experiencing, Perry, right now is, is you're learning for free and then seeking more. So the shift then, and which I think Christy's speaking to also, is the contribute, 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 offer as much as you can. Don't hold those all the cards close to your chest. Put things out there that will contribute to the broader community, to your, your potential client. Allow them to experience it over time and, and then they will come and seek you out. So if we approach that then, Christy, we're, we're talking about a long lead time before, before any conversion and it's a massive give of, of contribution. So you're gonna need an incubation period for a period of, period of time before um, commercialization of the idea or what you're looking to put out there. Um, in your experience using Facebook and the channels to market that you're using right now, what's your experience of lead time on that? And if I'm looking to make a change and evolve myself into that, that new market, how long do I need to be investing in that in order to, to get the return from a business perspective? So I guess it's, it really depends on the, the price of your product and things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's a how long, how long is a piece of string kind of question. And I guess the, the, if you look at, say, for example, I've got clients that I'm currently working with where we've built over the last sort of six to eight months, we've been just providing free content and building an email list of people who are interested. Um, and, and don't get me wrong, people who are like emails dead, emails not dead, but it's about making sure that what you've done is nurture the conversation to the point where people are excited to open your emails. So all of the email lists I have are very, very small. They're only like maybe a thousand people, but we get open rates of about 70 to 80%. Yeah. Wow. So 
because yeah, people are excited to open our email because there's something for them in there. They know the conversation. They're already involved with whoever it is and they're looking forward to reading whatever's coming into their inbox. So it's about that. You're looking at, it's, it's about consi being consistent and, uh, and that ask it's, it's trying to put a time frame on it is, is too, is really too complicated. It depends sure. on, your, on your audience. So are you finding cheaper products that the clients you support with cheaper products um, are, are nurtured more rapidly because the contribution yeah. requirement is less and the, the pain point of parting with money is lower? A little bit, yeah. So, and I think that's the big thing is it's, it's like we're going, so for a lot of them, we're sort of, we are going for a bit more of a volume of product as well. So we're sort of selling like a, a smaller ticket product, but we're selling more of it, um, which is good. But it's... Um, yeah, like have it be about a six month kind of, you want to look at it as a six month kind of thing, but it also needs to be a forever kind of thing. So it needs to just be that consistent top of your funnel is always giving, is always about giving value. And it's never about um, like, it's not about if they're going to buy from you, it's just about when they're going to buy from you. So it, you, you sort of, you've just got to keep delivering the content and delivering the content and just having as Dan Norris would call it, a content machine, like just keep putting stuff out and putting stuff out. And I think this is where it becomes about getting really smart with your content because that's a lot, like it can seem really overwhelming to put out as much content as you need to be able to stay in front of people's minds. The, an interesting thought though comes from the perspective from which you're providing the content, which you said come from the position of it's just a matter of when all I need to do is keep delivering content on the faith or the belief or the position that they will buy yeah. um, rather than um, I'm starting out with an idea and come along and play with me and let's see how this goes. You're, you're not saying that you're saying come from a position of, of other product. It's worthy. You need it. Here's some of it. Here's some more of it. Here's some more of it. Here's some more of it. And you consistently put it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing to, um, to understand is that it doesn't like I repurpose so much content with people. Um, and it's about sort of making sure it's in front of their eyeballs. You know, you get that six to 10 kind of you touch points with them. Um, you, you get that time when it's, it's just becomes the exact right time for them to buy. And you can't, you literally can't predict when that yeah. time's going to be. So it's, it's about just can being consistent. And I think that, um, again, understanding how to play the platforms makes, makes it so much easier and finding your platform and sticking with your platform and being consistent on your platform. So if your platform's going to be Facebook, be consistent with Facebook. If your platform's going to be LinkedIn, because LinkedIn is like the dark horse at the moment. Like, I'm not sure if anybody's like, it's totally like if what you're looking to do is connect business to business um, and they've just introduced video marketing, like we can do run video ads, like the, the opportunities to get really high traction and good engagement on LinkedIn is just, it's phenomenal at the moment. It's expensive because it's Microsoft, but they're definitely, it's definitely got bang for buck if what you're looking for is, is converting business to business. Um, but yeah, it's, you've just got to kind of play your platforms and really start talking to people and not talking at people like having, like having those conversations. So, so from a perspective of being a dinosaur, um, what are the platforms right now that are hot? You've just mentioned LinkedIn as a dark horse B2B. You've got Facebook, which has been our primary topic. 
tell me a little bit more about other platforms that you believe can be worked for the purpose of nurturing clients so that they will engage in your story. Okay, so probably the two really, again, very dependent on your product um, and dependent on the volume that you want to, of clients you can service. Um, but things like Cora, like I'm not sure if you guys are, are familiar with Cora. Too old. Too old? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I do know of it. But <laughs> I've never heard of it. I know Cora. Yeah. yeah. So is Cora that... is actually a really great platform um, where people ask questions about things and you can subscribe to to different uh channels of like so you could subscribe to say for example a marketing channel people will ask different questions about marketing you can jump on there and you can create a video and you can send them a video answer about their question about marketing um so you can really position yourself within that as an as an expert um for for people asking questions about your topic i think at last count there was about nine million users so it's a pretty big market and the really cool part about it is it does have a targeting pixel so you can actually pixel put a pop a pixel onto your site and then retarget people on Quora um, but their ads look like an answer to the question so the ads are really very um, it's not like a it's not like a Facebook ad where it's kind of really obvious it's a Facebook ad it looks the ad can look like a um, an answer so people can be scrolling through the answers and see your answer which is your ad click on it and go to your product and if you've already set yourself up as an expert um, answering questions again delivering value talking to the community doing these things people will click on your ad go to your website check out your stuff and and so on and so forth and so Christy excuse me for one second like yeah. to me that is uh, almost the perfect platform because what you've got is you've got users who are putting their hands up saying, hey, I'm interested in this. I, I want to know about this. And then you're entering a channel that already are interested in, as an expert in what you have to say. Yeah. And that's like Reddit too, isn't it? Reddit is fairly similar. No, you don't <laughs> like Reddit. Tell us about Reddit. Reddit's, Reddit's quite a different beast. Um, Reddit's probably one of the only anonymous, uh, anonymous social platforms that you can be on now. So it's, um, you can have an account on Reddit, but it doesn't know anything about you. So, it's, uh. so you've got to be really careful with Reddit because people will destroy you on Reddit. You have to have the thickest of thick skins to be able to take all of the, um, trolling and comments but advertising on reddit if if you can get that ad right and you can find the right subreddit to be able to um to advertise into and you're happy to um yeah you're happy to kind of troll through all of the comments and to do all the things and reddit advertising can build like traffic like there isn't any like 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 ain't no thing yeah so then again it becomes about having a strategy so the strategy then becomes about not so much targeting people to buy from reddit but targeting people who go from the ad in reddit into wherever your your landing page is or the platform or wherever you go to pixeling them with facebook or linkedin or quora or twitter or snapchat or instagram or any of the pixels and then retargeting to them on their on Facebook because as much as they are anonymous on Reddit, they're still logged into their Facebook account. As much as they like the Facebook, 
you know, exiles, then they're shaking their fist. They've all got Facebook accounts. They've all got <laughs> yeah. Facebook accounts. And so, because they all want to talk to their mum or their sister in somewhere. And so their sister's like, I'm use Facebook. But um, so it's, so you can start to retarget them that way. And then again, it just becomes about them, about you kind of just permeating into their, into their world a little bit more and more and giving them value and, and yeah, telling them, you know, showing them your product and talking about what you do and talking to other people about what you do and how that's benefited them. And yeah, it's, it's all just, it's all about that same kind of value add um, marketing. For a client that you would support in a uh, social media basis to generate a revenue, what would be the key sites you would encourage them key and basic key primary sites that you'd encourage them to get started into uh, before they start to evolve into the, I really need a thick skin to manage Reddit. Uh, well, in all honesty, Facebook is still the primary utility, like at the end of the day. Um, but it's, again, it's about um, building the confidence to be things like live on Facebook. So Facebook live is, is probably the number one thing I'm encouraging people to do at the moment um, is to really, to set, Set a time, make a make a consistent date that you um, that you're going to go live on Facebook. Tell everybody that this is when you're going to go live on Facebook. Deliver that that content. Talk about what you're going to talk about. Um, get people, encourage them to ask questions uh, and and engage in that way on Facebook Live. Um, and then probably Instagram is probably the next biggest one after that. So Instagram and Facebook are just there's such juggernauts in this social media plat like kind of market at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. And to a point like Instagram stories is probably it's coming up as a way to, um, to really kind of talk to your audience. And if you're going for that younger, say 28 to like 18 to 28 kind of audience, if that's where you're looking to, to hit, then Instagram stories is, is kind of where it's at as well. So yeah. I guess Facebook, if, if you can nail Facebook, you can basically nail just about anything. All right. Yeah. Chris, Christy, I was just going to say that like through this discussion today, I can sort of see a couple of blocks for uh, older people. Um, the, the first one, Brendan, the first block is the concept of giving away all your IP up front almost, which is what, that is, yeah, that is a big block for old people because we were trained to give. Don't do that. Don't do that. Okay. Yeah, that's precious. Yeah. That's yours. And if it's stolen or taken from you, then, then what do you have to give? Correct. And then the second one, um, and as Christy's talking now, I'm thinking about this as a block, that for uh, a lot of uh, the older generation, we, we have always been taught to keep our privates private. And so, so the likes of Christie's generation, that they share everything online about themselves, all their views about everything. <laughs> no, you probably can't see this at the moment because the camera's on me, but Christie's going, <laughs> yeah, that so they share. And, uh, or to, you know, like for people like you and I, Brendan, we're fairly used to using our personalities. But for the third block for a lot of people as well, because a, 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 a that other block where we, we were taught to keep our privates private and also we've been trained to have professional, you wouldn't think about it if you listen to me much, but we've all been trained to have a professional face and then our, our, our normal face and you don't mix those things up where you can see with the younger generation now, personal and professional, well, I don't see any 
separation but, but when I'm watching the likes of Christy work online. So that goes back to the generational conversation that we started with at the start of this podcast. We are seeing a change through the way generations are involving in the youth and how they're behaving and interacting with each other today relative and, and I guess also the capacity to be able to re relate with each other today relative to when I or Perry were young, which is you just play with the kids in your street because that's all you can reach unless you, get, you have a push bike and you go around the corner. So the world has shifted. And with those activities, with that, that capacity to shift your ability to communicate with people, then a whole new generation of thinking about communication has occurred. What we'll do now is we'll close the conversation um, at this point and pick up again um, next week and take the conversation into where does this generational change lead us as we explore more into the social media as a channel to market. Yeah, Brendan, I'd also like to say if anyone's interested in, in having a chat to Christy, just send an email through to perry at perrymarlin.com and I'll organise engagement. Yay! So, Christy, for uh, our, our first introduction to this conversation, awesome contribution. Thank you ever so much. Appreciate you being here. My pleasure. It's, it's always great to uh, meet some dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> you're, a, you're wonderful and delightful, and I won't take offence. That's great. <laughs> As a self-professed dinosaur. Until we met again, invest wisely. Thank you.